We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I was really encouraged by the lateness of the, of the season where they could actually try to run the ball. I think they've got to improve the offensive line greatly. I think the one thing when you look at the Bears team, if you want to be a, a really a Super Bowl team, you've got to have a blue-chip quarterback, you've got to have a bunch of blues and red-chip players in the offensive line, and you've got to have a blue-chip defensive rusher. You've got to have those elements. You know, Everything else doesn't matter until you get that fixed, and I think that's the plan if you're Ted Phillips. All the other things are just excuses. I like our quarterback room right now. Joe Ostrowski, Knights on 670 The Score. Michael Lombardi right here on Sports Radio 670 The Score. Joe Ostrowski with you here till 10 o'clock. Score rewind at 9 o'clock coming up. Simon Hunter, he'll talk about uh, his feelings about Carson Wentz. He's a big Eagles fan, a big sports better. Uh, so we'll get his thoughts on how much the Bears can improve if they land Carson Wentz coming up in a little bit. Uh, it's it's interesting. I didn't think I'd be here. You know, I didn't think too much about the Wentz scenario because I just I didn't expect them to move him. I didn't understand. Now, if you keep Doug Peterson, we had all the all the chatter about oh he couldn't get along with Doug Peterson, and they fire Doug. It's like oh I guess they made their choice. They hire Nick Sirianni, Frank Wright guy. Oh, they really did make their choice. They're going to keep Carson Wentz, but now here we are. I wonder when that happened. <coughs> when exactly did that happen? So I was talking to Elliot Shore Parks earlier. He's a beat guy for the Eagles for 94.1 WIP, our sister station out in Philadelphia. And he said, it's not the Eagles. It happened because Carson Wentz wants it to happen. It's just not being reported that way, Right. It's not being reported like a Deshaun Watson situation or what Russell Wilson is going public with today. I can't believe I'm even saying that. Russell Wilson, of all players, going public. His camp doesn't like the way the Seahawks are handling things. It doesn't mean it's the right option. It doesn't mean it's the right thing for the Bears to do. But it might be their best option available, Carson Wentz. Yes, he was terrible. He had his worst year as a professional quarterback this past season. Eagles are saying, hey, Stafford got two ones. Maybe we can get two ones. You're not going to get it. You can ask. You can try to play teams. If I was a fellow general manager, I would try to play Ryan Pace because it's happened again and again in this league. That's your resume, Pace. So people think they're going to fool you again. Let's see how desperate you really are. So I understand what they're doing. I get it. I could live with giving up the 20th overall pick this year. And an, another selection, okay, fine. Like a three, 
I, I could roll with that. What would bother me is that 2022 first rounder because this Bears thing, the whole thing, is a, it feels like a deck of cards, doesn't it? I know we just saw 8-8 eight and eight and then 8-8. Eight and eight. What are you talking about, Joe? They're in the middle of the pack. It's not how it works in the NFL. Really feels like it's a deck of cards. And then one one of these years, it's going to be like we saw those that six-game losing streak. Like almost a whole season of that. I don't think we're that far off from seeing that. And then you look at this tough schedule. They have one of the toughest schedules in the NFL. That's how it looks right now. I don't think it's going to change that much. Cleveland, Seattle, Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, L.A. Rams, San Francisco, Baltimore, all those teams suddenly going to be bad? Oh, yeah, Green Bay twice? Probably not. But because they don't have the assets to go get Watson, I don't think the Dallas Cowboys are letting Dak out of town. What's your best option? How do we get to be 10-6? and six? Forget 12-4. and four. Like everything went perfect that, that year. How do we get to be 10 and 6? How do we compete with the Packers? What do we have to do? Okay, is Jimmy Garoppolo, Matt Ryan, Jameis Winston, any of those quarterbacks in the open market, Sam Darnold, is that going to get it done for you? Is that going to get you to double digit wins in this league? I don't think so. Now, if you can get something closer to the good Carson Wentz and you have one of his old coaches when he was at his best on your coaching staff, you just happened to promote yesterday. Maybe that's the swing you have to take. Don't go with what you think is the safe route because that's not going to get you better than eight and eight. Whatever you think that safe route is, oh, this guy worked with that guy. I heard he's a good dude. He's a hard worker. We'll be okay. Maybe we just get middle of the pack. Swing, swing hard. You need, you need a top five, top ten de- offense if we're uh, talking about not only making the playoffs but advancing in the playoffs. So I'm not saying it would work, but I would respect the move and understand where the Bears are coming from. And if I'm Ryan Pace, what do I care about that 2022 first-round draft pick? If it's a top five pick, I'm fired because we stink. If it's a top ten pick, I'm fired. Because we're probably at the bottom of the NFC North. If it's in the 20s like it is this year, cool. Wentz worked. We're good. We made the playoffs. We were probably 9-7, 10-6, maybe even 11-5. I don't see that happening. But if it's in the 20s, who cares if you gave it up? I think you hit on pretty much everything there, Joe. Because yeah. you got to break it down. And you got to figure out why the Bears are doing this. The conversations surrounding Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy were heating up to the point where there was legit uncertainty whether or not, specifically, Ryan Pace was going to be back. So, he's back now. What does that mean? Every decision from here on out mm. is on the, is, is going to be heavily scrutinized. And, of course, you have to go out and be aggressive in the quarterback market because what do we already talk about? The best quarterback on the roster was Mitch Trubisky, and you need to upgrade that because if you run it back, everybody's fired. And if you don't go out and get... And be aggressive. And again, too, here's something that you were talking about as well. The Bears are at the mercy of other organizations around the league. We don't know what's going to happen with Dak Prescott. We can assume that he'll be back, but we don't know. Derek Carr, is he available? We don't know. The Bears can't sit on their hands. They have to go out and and be aggressive, and they know Philly is, is willing to deal a guy like Carson Wentz. So I'm with you. 
go out and make a splash because this is the only way you're going to save your job is if the Bears have this position covered for a legitimate playoff. And when you talk about trying to draft a quarterback at 20 or trade up and get a rookie in the top five, it's not going to be enough. No, you don't have the assets. If you add the assets to move up to number five, um, just go after Deshaun Watson and give him whatever you want. But you don't have enough. You don't have enough. There are teams just as desperate, if not more desperate than you, that have more to move, like multiple first-round draft picks, multiple second-round draft picks, or a quarterback to send their way. And don't even say, worst-case scenario, Trubisky. That is over. They already filed the divorce papers. It's done. Matt Nagy didn't want him last year, okay? He didn't want him last year. They're not going to do that again. In the do-or-die season, let's roll with Trubisky. That ain't happening. Joe Ocho, Sports Radio 670, the score. So on Bursi Rahimi yesterday, uh, good stuff from Eagles reporter Derek Gunn from CBS Philly. Uh, Mike, what's what's the first cut that we want to play from Gunn? What's he talking about? Yeah, so Layla asked the question of the value that's worth acquiring a Carson Wentz, and Gunn had some good stuff there. Go ahead. To me, we didn't see enough of Wentz being good for a sustained amount of time that says he's going to command a large purse from another team if they decide to make a trade. Absolutely. And it's it's risky on behalf of the team that's looking to add Carson Wentz to their roster right now. You know, Carson Wentz is out of an injury history. Um, and obviously the last few years uh, overall have not been some of his better years. Um, he's still a young guy by quarterback years if he can get with the right system. And obviously people are thinking he's going to the Colts because of the success he had with Frank Reich when Frank Reich was the offensive coordinator here in 2017. Of course, the Eagles won the Super Bowl that year. Since Frank Reich is left here, Carson has not been the same quarterback. And obviously, yeah, the bottom just fell out in 2020. So, you know, we, we sit here now and we wonder, okay, we, we've heard stories about a rift between Carson and Doug Peterson, Carson changing plays uh, when he shouldn't have had things like this. So they get rid of the head coach. You're thinking, okay, everything's fine now. Now we find out that the quarterback is on a trading block. So is was it the coach? Is it the quarterback? Does it go higher? Is it the GM that has been the overall problem and what has been a hot mess within this Philadelphia Eagles organization? Yeah, you think it's bad with Ryan Pace? And I know they just won a championship a few years ago. I get it. But, man, are Eagles fans mad at High Roseman. They don't have a young core. Think about it. Where is their young core in Philadelphia? They don't have much of one. So a lot of the same stuff that you hear about uh, Ryan Pace here, they're saying the same thing about High Roseman. They just won the Super Bowl, and it's like they're blowing it up. That's what That's what they're doing. They're blowing this whole thing up. But first, they're trying to figure out if they have anything at quarterback. Okay. We'll try it with Hurts. We don't really even know what we have there. It's more of Derek Gunn, CBS Philly. On uh, what, What's this one, Mike Rankin? What is uh, Derek Gunn discussing? There's a lot of questions surrounding Carson Wentz as a teammate and you know how selfish he is mm. last season when he was competing for a playoff spot and you know all the ongoing talk of, hey, I don't want to be here. Well, that was a bad division. Philly wasn't that far off of making the playoffs, but... It was it was difficult for him as a uh, from the outside looking in, in terms of perception of him as a teammate. If you All look right. at the latter tail of this past season, you had a couple of prominent players come out when all of these rumors started surfacing about Carson was not a great teammate. T- teammate, a small contingent of players were on his side. 
You had Pro Bowl center Jason Kelsey come out publicly and state that he's a Carson fan. You had Pro Bowl, perennial Pro Bowl defensive tackle Fletcher Cox come out and say Carson's one of my closest friends on the team. I think he's a great leader. Uh, but then you hear the silent, I don't know if it's the minority or the majority in terms of, you know, Carson keeps to himself too much. He's not one of the guys. You know, I, and there's, you know Carson, Carson wears his Christianity on his sleeve, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But obviously that may turn some players off. You know, so Carson has his cl- clique of players, and other players feel alienated by that. Um, but when he goes to practice, when he stepped between the lines, Carson has been, from everybody that I've talked to consistently, Carson has been the consummate teammate. And, you know, you really don't have to be buddy-buddy with everybody off the field uh, in your own private life. All you have to do is come to work. When you are the face of the franchise, the highest-paid player on the franchise, um, obviously that, that's a big burden to carry. And all you have to do is come to work, put in the work, uh, be a better teammate, help the younger guys get better around you, and that's all that's expected of you. Uh, but obviously this runs a little bit deeper because um, whatever was inside Carson's head for 2020, uh, obviously it affected what he was doing on the field as well. Uh, the numbers he put up, nothing close to what people were expecting But Carson went this past season. And so now it leads us to this. And, you know, you wonder now, did Carson have the riff with the coach or is the riff with the management in terms of, I don't know, what he might have been promised by this organization and it didn't happen. But here we are today talking about the possibility of Carson Wentz's days with this organization being numbered now. So many guys are going to move. So many, in addition to what we've been talking about. When we were going over the quarterback movement for this offseason, we weren't even including Carson Wentz. We weren't including the possibility of Russell Wilson. Could he force his way out? We weren't talking about Aaron Rodgers. And maybe none of them move. I think Wentz is going. I think Watson's going. But, by the way, there's also like 10 other starters that are going to move. Oh, is it going to be great? It's going to be the association this offseason in the NFL. You thought it was fun before? You thought it was a 12-month sport before? Woo! You ain't seen nothing yet. And the Bears are going to be in the thick of it. Ryan Pace is aggressive when he doesn't have to be now he has to be so what's he going to be willing to give up fascinating on so many levels your job's on the line which quarterback are you gonna roll with pace same thing for matt Nagy, and he has a big hand in which quarterback they end up landing on which quarterback you gonna roll with matt Nagy? your career as a head coach maybe on the line Don't know if you'd get another shot if it doesn't work out here after four years. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Huh. This might be the best option. It really would. And it's hard to say that after a season 28th in QBR, 33rd in yards per attempt, 34th in quarterback rating. But he's got the upside. He's done it at this level. Everything was perfect around him, but he's done it. You know, if Allen Robinson ends up returning, as far as wide receiver, maybe the best option Wentz has had in his time in the NFL, right? Just receiver, not talking tight end. Just saying. Alshon Jeffrey, was that his best wide receiver option? Deshaun Jackson, when he was healthy, he's never healthy. 
Didn't have a lot of lot of options on the outside. Never really had a great run game either. As long as it's not the 2022 first-round pick. That's all I'm asking. Just don't trade that 2022 first-round draft pick, please. All right, coming up next, uh, let's hear a little bit more about Carson Wentz. Talk to Simon Hunter. He's a professional sports better. He did very well on the Super Bowl, and he's a huge Eagles fan. So we'll get more Wentz info next. Joe Osho, 670, the score in the radio.com app. You're listening to The Joe O Show on 670 The Score. Thanks for hanging out on this Tuesday evening, Sports Radio 670 The Score. I'm on Twitter at Joe 0670. So Monday through Fridays, 9 a.m. to noon on the Radio.com app if you want to listen live. I co-host BetQL Daily Sports Betting Show. But if you're just into sports... Uh, You'll learn a few things. We have fantastic guests on a daily basis. Uh, Subscribe to the podcast if you can't listen live at BetQL Daily on Twitter. BetQL Daily. And this morning, we had Simon Hunter on the show. He's a pro better. He does a podcast with Chad Millman of the Action Network. And he was all over the Bucs. He came on last week. It was telling us why the Bucs are going to win the game. He was dead right on that. And we also talked about next season and which teams we should be taking a look at right now some teams that are gonna be in the mix for the 2021 nfl season but he's also a huge eagles fan huge eagles fan and he's a little bothered by the fact that his team is trading away carson wentz uh here's our conversation this morning on betql daily myself co-host ryan horvat today and simon hunter we welcome in simon hunter at simon hunter tan on twitter he co-hosts the favorites podcast with Chad Millman. Uh, Simon, let's start with your Sunday. You you came on the show. You were big on the Bucks, And I don't know that you expected Tampa Bay in a route, but uh, that was an easy victory. How, how did everything else fall for you? <laughs> yeah, I don't think uh, anyone drew up that game. We were definitely, we talked about, we were spot on about the, the mismatch of the D-line and the O-line. But, Man, to, to to think that Mahomes didn't get a touchdown in a football game, I, I still can't believe that happened. And wow. uh, it, it, it's definitely one of those I think we'll look back on. Is It's just it, – it's it's nothing that we'll ever be able to take away from Mahomes from that game other than this guy does not stop fighting. Like, he had no chance in that game at any point in that game. And we saw it. He was still out there when there was like three minutes to go and they were down 31-9. to nine. So I just, from my perspective, yeah, it was great. But I definitely learned a lot about Mahomes. Like that, we're just so blessed that this kid's 25. And we're going to, I mean, who knows what if Brady is one of a kind or if other guys can do what he's done. But if you're telling me that Brady just did at 43, we might be able to have Mahomes until 43. I just think we're just in a blessed age of, uh, of being NFL fans. But, yeah, for the game, man, whoo, that, uh, <laughs> that was a good bet. Um I, I would say my biggest loss of the night was that second half prop. There'd be more points in the second half. That's when I just always loved to load up on. And it, it was, it had its chances, but the, the no, no touchdowns from Mahomes. If the team's not going to score, that's coming back. You're pretty much dead, dead in the water on that bet. But the other ones came through my, my biggest one of the night prop wise was the over first half, one and a half field goals. And uh, man, when that guy lined up offside, and Tampa Bay just went for the touchdown right afterwards after they just made the field goal. 
I just disintegrated into my couch. I was just like, oh, my God, no one's going to kick a field goal the rest of this half. But, yeah, luckily the Chiefs, they, they just could not figure out on the offensive side. So it, it was definitely a good one where uh, I joked with Eli before I came on. I, I looked at the minus nine and a half for the Bucks. I mean, probably every day from Thursday to Sunday, just saying to myself, is there is there a scenario where Mahomes can't come back from two, down two touchdowns? And I just – I just looked through all the numbers and he'd never lost by that many points. So I just did not pull the trigger. So my biggest alternative line was minus six and a half, but it's one of those where as soon as that game started, I just felt really good about the buck side. I mean, Brady just looked on point besides the first drive. He he was just humming that whole game. Simon, I'm guessing you didn't catch the uh, 50 to one prop for the chiefs, not to score a touchdown in this game or the 100 to one odds that you had for the chiefs to score exactly nine points. What's the, uh, What's the wildest prop you've ever played and actually hit on in Super Bowl history since you started playing the props? It, I, when we were sick, when did I took the Chiefs to score exactly 10 points at 50 to 1? Oh, so I, I should have known. I should have known it was going to be or something because I looked at that, the not, the, just nine points, and I was like, nah, he's going to get a touchdown, then maybe a field goal, and that could be it. So I did then 10, I did 21, and neither of those came, came through. But Man. my. For my craziest long shot I ever had was the Eagles. The, the year the Eagles made that run, uh, I started the playoffs with probably – I probably had about 10K on them to start it, and I was doing it half by half, so I bet them money line first half and money line second half. And the only, the only time they didn't cover those two bets was the first half against Atlanta on the year they won the Super Bowl. So I bet them at a premium, uh, like – you know, plus 132, plus 140. And then the Super Bowl there, plus 230. So that that was my definitely my biggest biggest money I've ever won was that Eagles run. But for my longest shot, man, I've had some crazy, like, 301, like, parlays come through. Like, the kind of things you throw $10 on and you pick, like, you know, 30 picks in a game or 20 picks in a game, like, totals and sides. That was in my college days. I was, like, visiting a buddy at U- University of Delaware. And uh, we used to do that offshore a lot. So it's it's hard to say, man. I would say my biggest moneymaker for long shots in the Super Bowl, I had a really funny one where it was a parlay of Cam Newton to score no, no touchdowns and then him to have two turnovers. And uh, I'd have to look back at the ticket because I saved it. it. It was like, I don't know. 75 to one and that came through and I, I i won big on that denver game because that that super bowl people look back as one of the worst super bowls ever that denver carolina game yeah for me that was one of my best experiences that was a big money maker no no points defensive game and the dog one so that that was a good memory for me yeah my biggest winner was that eagles super bowl and i never thought that was hitting i i remember how sick i was when wentz went down to that injury i thought it was done man but it but it worked with nick Foles, and then a few years later here we are simon so Nick Foles is on the Bears. Carson Wentz at the moment still with the Eagles, and maybe they're going to work out a trade where they'd they'd flip flop. Carson Wentz comes to the Bears, and maybe Foles goes back to the Eagles. What would your reaction be uh, for every scenario? The two teams that sound like they are most interested in Wentz right now publicly. It's the Bears and the Colts. What would your reaction be to be if each for each team, if they were to add Wentz? Um, I'd be sick to my stomach as an Eagles fan because I do not want Nick Foles back here. Uh, I love Nick. I have great memories of Nick Foles, but 
I just literally had Carson Wentz have a mental breakdown because the Eagles brought in a, a different quarterback. <laughs> I, I don't know if Jalen Hurts can have the same exact scenario. Like I, I as an Eagles fan, honestly, I, I look at our we're the same as you guys with the Bears. I've lost all my faith in the front office. I think Howie. I saw some crazy statistics. He's only had two Pro Bowl guys drafted the entire time he's been the GM of the Eagles. And those two guys were drafted by Chip Kelly. It was Ertz and Lane Johnson. So, like, I'm just so out on Howie that I would not be shocked if he did something that stupid, trading Carson Wentz and getting Nick Foles back. But we'll talk about my my Super Bowl props. I'm really hoping Carson, uh, he lands on a team like the Colts. I think that would just be the perfect scenario with him. He's got a guy behind him that he'll never worry about taking his job because we know Brissett's not a starter in this league. And Mm – I don't think Carson has the mental makeup for Chicago. Like, he, he really could not handle Philadelphia. Like, the guy, he's a good guy, but we've seen it. He's he's kind of a small-town guy from uh, the Midwest, and I, I just don't think he can handle that kind of market. So, for Carson, I'm hoping he goes to the Colts. But would I be shocked if either of these horrible organizations and the Bears and the Eagles make this kind of trade? Not at all. But for the, for the Bears fans, I wouldn't be as down as they seem like they are getting Carson. The, the guy did have – 4,000 yards passing, won a division without a number one receiver. No receiver had over 500 yards. I think he's the only quarterback to ever do that. So I still think Carson's a good quarterback, but mentally he, he's definitely weak. Well, well let me uh, follow up there, Simon, because, yeah, you've watched every snap of this guy's career as a big Eagles fan. I do understand where you're coming from. If you can't pry D- Dak from the Cowboys, if you don't have enough assets to get Watson, I look at these other names that pe- that people are talking about, the quarterbacks that could move, like Matt Ryan, Jimmy Garoppolo, some of the other names, Jameis. I'm like, yeah, I mean, he may have a low floor, but Wentz has the highest ceiling of all these guys. 100%. If you if you go to some of the throws he, he made when he was really running hot, there's only like five guys in the league that can make these kind of throws. Like the body position you do, the moving into the pocket, He's got crazy high upside, but I, I can't get over how he literally broke just from having a, the Eagles drafting a guy. Like, mm-hmm. we saw what Aaron Rodgers did. The guy literally took his team back to the NFC Championship game after his team drafted a, guy, a, team, a player. Carson went through, like, 25 interceptions in 10 games, whatever it was. He was just awful this year. So, I just think he could get back to that ceiling if he just has the right people around him. I'm just with the Bears fans that, like, I I don't know how you guys trust your front office. Like, everything they do, they let you down. And <laughs> your ownership, not moving on from these people, it's it's just like the Bears fans, I, I, I hear their pain. It, it Like, there is – it feels like there's no hope until they just break all this stuff down, just get rid of all these guys. Simon, with the possible quarterback changes and some quarterbacks being on the move, Carson Wentz, maybe Matt Ryan, Deshaun Watson, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, who are some of these mid-tier teams that you're looking at when you're going to play some Super Bowl futures? You know, you got the, Col- uh, the Colts, you got the Dolphins, who I don't know if two is the answer, but I really like the team. What are some? Uh, where do you find some value right now? And that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for like teams I like that they have the pieces to go get some of these guys you named. And We've heard it float out there a few different times about Miami giving up Tua and the pick they got from Houston to go get Deshaun. And that feels like a really nice landing spot where I know their weapons aren't incredible, but they have money and they have space. They have a guy in the open free agency right now, a guy like Allen Robinson, they can maybe go get him. And that's a, a no, no doubt number one receiver. So mm-hmm. looking at this, those odds, 
I think you're getting really good value here at plus 2,500. You can shop around too because I've seen plus 3,000 for the Dolphins. And what we just talked about with the Colts, the Colts are no doubt a complete team. Uh, they've been searching for a quarterback now for a while since Luck left. And Frank Reich, he's – we don't have to get into the whole thing with him and Doug because I think it was both of them helped each other win that ring. But mm-hmm. you definitely saw when he left, Doug was just different. And I think that with Carson, he always had a really strong connection with Frank. And if that, that trade does work out, and they have Carson behind that offensive line with that weapons around him. I mean, come on. That's in that division too. That just feels like crazy good value right now. Plus 2,500 with the Colts. Cause we know that upside of that team. So Indy and Miami stand out. Uh, we're with Simon Hunter, co-host of the favorites podcast, BetQL daily Ostrowski and Horvat here. Uh, a couple teams that I've heard a lot of buzz around right away. Cause uh, people want to get their bucks tickets uh, the odds aren't great, but a lot of chatter about the Niners and then uh, some excitement around the Chargers in that 30 to 1 range. Do you like either team? Yeah, the the 49ers one I, I wouldn't take because like you're like you just said, those aren't like those are good odds. They're not I feel like we should be getting better odds with that division. That's yeah, that's such a hard division. And when you're taking these bets, you're you're praying on a long shot that can maybe get a one seed as well. Because that Buccaneers winning as a five seed, that hasn't happened in a long time. It's, it's usually the top seeds that end up winning, winning the Super Bowl. So when I'm looking at these long shots, I, I, like you just said, I, I'm looking for the Bucks. Like at this point last year, I was taking the Bucks, not because I knew Brady was going there. I just thought to myself, if this team could just get in the playoffs and I have them at 50 to one, that's good enough value to me. And when I saw the Buccaneers last year, they would have been in the playoffs if Winston hadn't thrown 30 interceptions. So looking at these, these teams right now, what did we see when we, we watched the Buccaneers play in the playoffs this year? We saw the hardest game, it feels like to me, that they played in was against the football team. I think the football team was the only one that really gave any kind of trouble to Brady. And if they just had a comparable quarterback, that, that really could have been a good game. So the football team right now is sitting at plus 6,000. And when you go through these NFC East teams, I get it. They were the worst division of football last year. Mm-hmm. But they're sitting at plus 6,000. The Giants are sitting at plus 6,000. And the Eagles are sitting at plus 6,600. But for some reason, the Cowboys are sitting at plus 3,000. Now, <laughs> the Cowboys have done nothing to separate themselves from that team. They were all equally as awful. And before Dak went out, they weren't even that good, the Cowboys. Like, that, like people can say all they want how great Dak is. That team was just not good before he went out. And... Looking at just the value, I I, it's, I know it hasn't had a repeat team in a long time, the NFC East. But yep. this Washington team, if they can just get a quarterback to go in there or if Alex Smith can play for a full season, they just feel like great value. As a team that could win a division at plus 6,000, be in the playoffs, that's a good one. And the other team I'm hearing right now, rumor-wise, is the Raiders. I'm hearing a lot of chatter about the Raiders going to get Watson. And – Derek Carr, two first-round picks to Houston. I could see Houston making that deal. Wow, that would be something. Give okay, so I'm not Carr, crazy. Joe. Give me Derek Carr. Well, I, I keep looking at the football team too because they were involved in those Stafford conversations. Uh, Washington might do something crazy, and but here's the thing with the Raiders. If we're talking big picture, making some kind of a run in the playoffs. First, got to get there though. But let's say you make a run. Uh, if you get Watson and you're the Raiders, are you a top four team in the AFC? 
They can't stop anybody. So I don't know about that one. It's kind of like the situation he just left. They cannot stop anybody. All those draft picks the Bears gave them, not many of them have worked out on defense so far. Not many. That would be fun. That would be fascinating if something happens with the Raiders because nobody's talking about that. Football team, Panthers are involved, Broncos. Who knows, man? What if Vic Fangio makes the big move? Who knows? The chance attack ends up going somewhere. That's the one thing we're not talking enough about. Allen Robinson is a free agent, right? Many expect him to leave. I don't know what's going to happen. Mike Rankin, where did Pro Football Focus rank Allen Robinson in wide receivers that are free agents now? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, wow, the I, I available wide receivers was it? Yeah, outside the top ten. No, 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 no. Not like not crazy like that. Okay, okay. I was just shocked because PFF is so high on him with all of their different metrics, contested balls, all that, all that good stuff. He was not number one. They put Chris Godwin ahead of him. Hmm. Who who did nothing? Nothing. Still one in a route. I just I found that interesting. Is it because he's younger, more length, and has a better offensive system? Who maybe? would you rather have? Probably Allen Robinson. Have? Yeah. I think I think I would too. Like imagine a Rob with Brady. You know, instead of the terrible quarterbacks that he's had throughout his entire career. He's with Brady opposite Mike Evans. Like, how much is A-Rob going to eat? Yeah, right. And I think with Allen Robinson, that goes a little unnoticed yeah. is his route running, I mean, ability. And you don't really necessarily have seen it. You haven't seen it, I should say, under the Bears because of the quarterback situation. But quietly, he is one of the most efficient route runners in the league, and he's got great hands, obviously, so I mean, that's got to be value somewhere. But he yep. he, <laughs> he doesn't get the love because of the, the situation he is uh, he's in. I, I'm such a huge fan of Robinson, so, I mean, I want the Bears to keep him, but, I mean, it's kind of a moot point if the Bears will figure out the situation already that's at, at large here. Yeah, we shall see. That's my executive producer, Mike Rinkin. My name is Joe Ostrowski. Uh, one more Super Bowl story I want to hit. I know we're a couple days later, but there is something that is starting to really circulate even tonight. A story that is fake news, people. I'll give you the details next. Joe Osho, 670, the score in the radio.com app. 503 to go. Someone has run on the field. Some guy with a brawl. And now he's not being chased. He's running down the middle of the 40. Arms in the air and a victory salute. He's pulling down his pants. Put up your pants, my man. Pull up those pants. He's being chased to the 30. He breaks a tackle from a security guard. The 20, down the middle, the 10, the 5. He slides at the 1, and they converge on him at the goal line. Pull up your pants. Take off the bra and be a man. And the players with hands on hips at the other end of the field are looking at him and shaking their head and saying, why, oh, why is this taking place in a Super Bowl? <laughs> well, at least we got that from Kevin Harlan. That was at least entertaining. There's a weekend. Thank you, Mike Rankin, EP today. Joe Ostrowski here, Sports Radio 670, The Score. So that happened in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl on Sunday. You're aware of that. And then ever since for the last, oh, I don't know, 48 hours, I'd say 36 hours, this story has been making the rounds 
and it continues to happen. I think it's just there to upset me, to bother me. Here's the latest story, and I've seen it just all sorts of sites last couple of days. This one from TMZ today. Headline, Super Bowl streaker claims he won $375,000 for stunt. Here's TMZ Sports. Okay, maybe the Super Bowl streaker deserves a little more credit than we thought. I'm not going to say his name. The man who broke onto the field while wearing a pink thong bathing suit says he came up with the idea for the stunt after seeing a prop bet that offered great odds if someone actually ran onto the field during Super Bowl 55. He explained the whole thing during an interview on a radio station, saying the gambling website Bovada offered plus 750 odds, $100 bet pays 750, so he decided to take matters into his own hands. He called up everyone he knew and had them bet on someone storming the field. Then he got tickets to the game and recruited a buddy to serve as a decoy. He said once security was distracted by his pal, he ran out to the field, and the rest is history. The 31-year-old says he also sent someone to Vegas to make the prop bet at a sports book there, but he didn't identify which book took the action. Bottom line, he says he walked away with $375,000 in profit. Nope. What do you think, Mike Rankin, when you hear that story? Bunch of baloney. Which part is, where's the lie? I just, I, the, <laughs> and he said, what was the, what was the line? About what? Which uh, the, part? The, the line of somebody running on the field. It was a plus three, 750 or something. Plus 750. Yeah, that, on, that bet, on. that, that was a real bet. That was available. Okay. Bet on. All right. Where's the lie? Well, the lie's all over the place. First off, to, to win $375,000 like this man is claiming, that means he had to bet $50,000. $50,000. I'm not saying he doesn't have $50,000. First off, he said he had a friend go to Vegas. They don't offer this in Las Vegas. The gaming board does not allow them to offer prop bets like this. So that's a lie. He says he used an offshore website to place the bets, and he called everyone he knew. Here's the rub. Prop bets like this you're limited at like 50 bucks or $100. That's the most you can bet. Again, had to bet 50,000 to win 375k. That's more people than I know I've known in my lifetime. So there's another lie. And these people without checking on any of it, they're just running with this story website after website all over the country. Sites like TMZ, and I know it's TMZ, but they have ton of people going to their website every day. Let's just throw it out there. Make a story. Start. None of this is true. The guy's out here lying to everybody. He's doing radio interviews. Did they even check to see if it's accurate? No. Let's take his word for it. He said he won $375,000. He said he got out on $500 bail or whatever. Let's just believe it. None of this is true. You can't bet on it. If you can bet on it at illegal websites, then you're only taking $50 or $100. Stop giving this idiot publicity. He's lying to everyone. God. Pull up your pants, take off the bra, and be a man. Screenshot the ticket then. I want to see that you won $375,000. It is a random number that he picked 
But no, it's a cool story. Oh, yeah, this will get some traction. But it's hashtag fake news. Some guy with a bra. It's not real. Be a man. I did think that some people would get upset by Harlan saying that because people are upset with everything nowadays. I thought someone would be upset, but I, unless I missed it, I didn't. Uh, I didn't see any heat coming Harlan's way, but that was great. I mean, he is so good with that stuff. When you have people running on the field and he does the play-by-play, it is <laughs> so good. Joe Ostrowski here, Sports Radio 670, the score. Uh, Mike He's Rankin. walking to the three. He's at the two. And the cat is in the CDW red zone. CDW, people who get it now, a policeman, a state trooper has come on the field, and the cat <laughs> runs into the end zone. That is a touchdown. Yes. That. How long ago was that one? <laughs> that was last year, I believe. I, I of course don't... he got the sponsor. Yeah. Of course he did. Fantastic. Uh, what did you think about the agreement between Major League Baseball, Major League Baseball Players Association that we have here? So for the 2021 season, I'm going off the top of my head, 162 games, no expanded playoffs, so we're back to 10. In, they wanted 14. Remember, we had 16 last year, but they wanted 14. We're back at 10. Okay, no expanded playoffs, 162 games, no universal DH, extra innings, runner on second. How many do you uh, like? How many do you hate? And am I, am I missing anything, Mike? That's all of them, right? Yeah, that's uh, what is it? The seven inning doubleheaders, the runner on second base. Oh, the seven extras. inning yeah, doubleheaders. That's coming okay. back too. Uh, yeah. So the, wait, wait. Know, let, sorry, let, let let let's get all of this down so I, I make sure I don't miss anything. Um, so we've got the playoffs at ten teams. Yes. No universal DH. Go back to just the American League. Seven inning doubleheaders, and what am I miss? One hundred sixty-two games. Yep. And we're on second base and extra innings. So, okay. yeah. I, of those five, of those five, what do you hate? I don't I don't know if I hate any of them, to be honest with you. I think this is fine. I think the DH thing, it goes beyond just this year. I think there's a lot of stipulations that are attached to the universal DH because if they implemented it now, it's already February 9th, two weeks away from spring training. You know, these, these owners and the organizations are upset, first of all, and be like, well, I could have manipulated my roster a little bit better, knowing, and the players too. The players, it's you, so ridiculous. The, the players' yeah. association were like, "Whoa, hey, now, you know, we could have gotten value uh, with two DHs." So I think they're pushing that back to twenty-one. It's on its way. Um, and again, with the stipulations, there's a lot more details that come around with it because I think the last time Joe they were trying to figure the universal DH, they added stipulations as well. Like in the last negotiation period prior to twenty twenty, they said, "Okay." Let's have the Universal DH in 2020 and 2021. The Players Association were like, no, we're not doing that because of a lot of uh, other specifics that I can't really bring up right now. But that that happened, and that was reported. So, you know, they axed it, and it's coming in 2021, the labor labor relations that's going to take place after this season. So this, they, they implemented these new rules. They want to get the season in. It offers them flexibility and accelerates the time frame, obviously. But it's good, I think, in a plethora of ways coming into uh, a very serious CBA negotiation because the players have already agreed to this deal, and it just takes away from any of the, I would say, uh, the difficulties, right? Because they're always complaining about something. So if, if essentially it defaults to the current CBA that they had agreed to four years ago, and on top of it, it allows the season to have flexibility to get in, so it's fine. 
Okay, so I'm more split on this. Of these five categories, I've got three in the good, two in the bad. You want to hear the good or the bad? Let's do the bad. First. I'm curious. Okay, the bad, um, I don't hate it, but I'd prefer the universal DH. I'd prefer it that we have it in. I, I don't understand who is fighting to see National League pitchers hit. I don't I don't understand that at all. So I'd rather have it. It's not a killer. It's just going to be annoying. Yeah, me too. To know that me they too. had it. They had it and then they took it away. Uh, the other bad one, and you will strongly disagree with me because you're such a uh, a baseball <sighs> traditionalist. I was going to say hardo, but <laughs> traditionalist. Um 162 games. It is completely unnecessary. We don't need 60. Of course, we want more than 60. But just forcing these guys to play 162 games this season is way too long. Most baseball fans, by the time we get to the final month, it's, oh, God, can we get to the playoffs already? Can I throw something in there? Uh, Because I'm with you to an extent. I think the 154 games that the owners presented, along with uh, a couple other stipulations that we talked about, yeah, it made sense. It made sense, and I, I was cool with that. I wanted it actually to be totally transparent. I wanted them to agree to that. However, it's interesting, Joe, because you think about the players' association and the relationship they have with the owners. If they budged a little bit there, do you think that hurts them in the future negotiations that that are about to take place? Because the players are on their pedestal, right? They want to stay. Um, they want to maintain as much leverage as they can. Yeah, in, good luck. Yeah, and trying to get over <laughs> on the owners. But if they said, okay, we'll succumb to the 154, like you mentioned, I wonder how that would play into yeah. effect next year. Uh, yeah, it's got to go down. It has to. Okay, the good, though, um, yeah, playoffs at 10. If it's one, if it's 10 or 14, give me 10. I'm okay with that. Uh, one team might be in trouble, but that's okay. I can deal with 10. I did, Let's just get further away from 16. The, the further away we can get from 16, the better in my mind. Double headers, seven innings, cool with that. And I don't understand the people that just, you know, fists pounding on the table about the runner on second base and extra innings. What is the big deal? It's the same for both sides. I think uh, with the runner in se- starting inside, the biggest gripe that I have with that is the away team suddenly takes over as the um, the advantage. They have the competitive advantage. Because they start, obviously, in the top half of the inning with the runner, and they dictate the outcome, essentially, so they can kind of set themselves up a little bit better. The home team... Well, okay, to, but you know, why, why do they have the advantage, though, well, if well, it's because, the same like, for both sides? Right, but like the home team would have to make a decision. Do they start with their closer, or if they saved it, you know, or a high-leverage reliever that they wanted to wait? It, 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 mm. With a tie game, you bring in a, a reliever, you balance this guy or that guy, you know, it makes a difference. When the road team... They can figure it out. Okay, we didn't score. We'll throw this guy in there. If we did score, we got our oh, closure. Oh, sure. Ready. You know what I mean? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But really, that's, that's the fair. that's the only conflict that I have. That's it. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with it, man. Overall, I guess it's all right. I really wish they would get down from 162. But you think that's going to happen next time? I don't know if that's going to happen next time. I think I think they're going to have a conversation about it. I think the universal DH. Too long. Yeah. I think the universal DH is coming. 154 may be on the table. I wouldn't be opposed to it, but we'll see. If they it, so, where would those eight games? They'll never make a drastic thing. Like they'll they'll never cut 10 percent or whatever. It's just how baseball is. They move very slowly. Where do you think those games will come? At the end of the season, or the beginning, or inners throughout? I 
I wonder, well, first, I wonder how the players would receive it if they're getting their full salaries based on 162. You know, it's I not, think they'd be cool with it. Yeah, right. If it's 154 and I'm getting paid for 162, the players yeah. would be like, cool, which was on the table, but they said no, which is interesting. And yeah, I don't know. I think just give them more days off. It's a 154 game season. Give them more days off. Take those eight games and spread it across off days around the season. Okay. There you go. There's my executive producer, Mike Rinkin. My name, Joe Ostrowski. Coming up next, Score Rewind. And we do it right here on 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.